Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecue. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, please. Um, In this episode, I am talking to comedian, journalist and general politics wizard Aisha Hazarika. I've got no live work, obviously, to plug at the moment, but um, I'm doing like uh, once a week on a school night, I'm doing an Instagram live on the Hoovering Instagram um, with my most amazing former guests. So make sure you're following it at the Hoovering pod on Instagram. Um, uh, And we talk about we have a bit of liquid Hoovering together and um, we talk about sort of lockdown eating. And then it tends to get into a more general chat. Um, I've had people on like Rosie Jones and Desiree Birch and and Bake Off's lovely Michael Chakravarti. So um, the next one is Wednesday the 13th. They're always around nine o'clock-ish or sometimes a bit later. And the next one's with the amazing Mark Watson. So um, be sure to be on the podcast Instagram at nine-ish um on wednesday the 13th cool thanks for listening please tell other people about the podcast very grateful if you are already doing um if you've got spare wedge i reckon give it to the trussell trust their food banks who are doing 
badass stuff at the moment um, for people who are struggling um, to keep eating during this. And um, if you've even after that got any spare pennies, I'm on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash the Hoovering Pod and I will swap you for your money um, podcast related perks like guest recipes and very exclusive content and stuff like that. And when we're back in the real world, I'll do live shows and there'll be discount tickets to those as well for my patrons. Thanks so loads if you've become a patron recently um, and even bigger thanks if you've been one for donkeys. Um, I'm I'm extremely grateful for you. Um, Okay, let's get into this one. It's really good one. Aisha's so clever and lovely and funny. Um, We recorded this just after Easter, which is why we're eating, well, I am definitely eating some Easter-related chocolate. Um, We're in our own homes, standard. Um, And, God, it's weird to think how fast things change during lockdown because in this one I was really sort of ranting and raving about exercise, but it's because at the time of recording there was like this few days where all anyone was talking about was including the government, was what did or didn't count as exercise. And it sort of was doing my coconut in a little bit. Um, Anyway, so that's why I'm kind of wanging on about that so ferociously, because it's funny, isn't it? And now, because every day takes at least eight years to pass, um, that feels like it was a year ago that anyone cared about that. So (laughs) this just having recorded this, you know, less than a fortnight ago... um, it's it, that that bit feels dated to me, but hey ho, um, perhaps it's not. Perhaps the uh, the exercise debate is still raging within you. Hope so. Um, and there's lots of other amazing stuff. This Alicia tells one story in particular quite near the beginning of this that is one of my favourite things that's ever been said on this podcast. Enjoy. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm I'm good. It's so nice to hear your lovely voice. Oh, like, it's nice to hear your lovely oh, voice. It's just so nice to have some human contact, even if it's via <laughs> like. I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. So hard, isn't it? Um, uh, Just before we started recording, we're we're talking. Well, we're talking at a weird time of day. Actually, I was about to have some late morning. um, I'm going to have some late morning hotel chocolat knockoff mini eggs for this evening, and they've called them, which I think is funny, Elizabeth. Doesn't quite work, does it? Doesn't. It's not quite a pun on Elizabeth. Uh, They've obviously tried to get the older hen pecking. Ah, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah. Why Elizabeth? What's she got to do with Easter? I have no Name idea. Name begins with E? Tenuously. All I can think of is if you're a Glaswegian, you call people hens sometimes. Maybe it's like Elizabeth yeah. hen. I don't know. It's completely random. I don't think, I don't, I, I think you've, I, I know I'm going to find your contents delicious, Hotel Chocolat, but I think you've slightly missed the mark with the Elizabeth. It feels like the equivalent of when my four-year-old tells me a joke, you know, where it's like all the rhythms of it are right, but none of the content. So it'd be like, well, what did the square say to the circle? Uh, it said, wow, oh, you're a dog. You're like, yeah, okay, well. That sounds okay, like some mate. of my material for stand-up, to be quite honest. <laughs> It makes no sense when it comes out, but in my head it sounded fine. It sounded hilarious in my head. (laughs) I, how we laughed in my head. Yes, you had to be there with with me on our on my own. Um, so, um, how's lockdown? Um, oh no, sorry. Before I ask you that, you told me that you just had some crap noodles. Did you? Terrible noodles. Yes. So I've evil. Terrible. Uh, yeah, just, but actually, no, good, but really like cheap and nasty, but actually really delicious. Oh, and great. I feel like this, in this podcast, I'm just going to be really 
honest about how I, and I, I feel, I'm not going to say there's any embarrassment. I just yes. really love, what lockdown has showed me is I just really love crap food. <laughs> yes. I yes. just do. Like, I just so thing, refreshing you know, to oh, I'm just like making all the superfood and like I'm trying to eat really organically. I'm just getting as many E numbers and like white yes. food down me. I'm like the yes. racist of foods, just white food. That's all I'll eat. <laughs> Occasionally a beige item, just to be slightly diverse. I mixed it up a bit. I saw, I saw, I was so hoping you were going to, but like say that only because I saw on your Twitter that you put, look, even in normal times, I mainly eat toast and cheese or something like that. And some, someone on there had taken that opportunity to mansplain to you that you should be having vegetables. I do think it's mad that people are taking the opportunity of a virus epidemic, a pandemic, an apocalypse to really enjoy telling people how to eat. Like, oh. it's of all times, let us eat whatever we want. <laughs> let, even whatever we've got, actually. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. And also, like, I think we're all so up and down mentally. Whatever provides you with a bit of comfort, I think yeah. this is the time to really uh, go for it. But my um, my lockdown cooking has been so atrocious, <laughs> Jess. Like, I cannot tell you. So I got, I, I've, a lot of my friends really worry about my, um, diet and I get sort of like <laughs> in a really friendly way like lectured a lot like I'll get random messages where people will be like and what are you cooking today then and I'll be like oh. nothing I'm eating monster munch all day you <laughs> it's like so I kind of thought right I need to try and cook something because everyone's shaming me into it and I know I've got to be a bit more healthy so I went to the local shop the only thing they had left there was something called turkey mints Oh God! No, it's not sounding good, is it? Like even no. from the, so I just threw some odds and sods that I had in the fridge, and I thought that's what people do. It's all about lockdown larder now. You just use, and and I I thought it was quite. I was quite proud of it. I thought this looks great. I've made a, a meal for myself. This is quite a big deal for me. So I posted it on Twitter, and I was quite oh, proud God. of it. And I thought I was going to just get loads of people going. Oh my God, Aisha, amazing! Well done, you. I cannot tell you, Jess. I got oh. literally thousands of messages just going. Oh my God, is that actual pig swill? And, <laughs> <laughs> and then, like some some man got in touch and he said, "Listen, I inspect prisons." And <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he's like, I honestly, like, you would not be allowed. They're like, there's like a human rights issue. You can't, you can't beat humans. That's, I was, and then the ultimate, wait for this. Oh, God. I got a DM. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. From Nigella Lawson. Oh, no. We're offering to send you an emergency care package. Well, I think she felt really guilty. She sent me such a nice message. So she sent me this message. <laughs> I mean, this is how bad it was. When Nigella Lawson gets in contact with you privately to have a word. Oh, oh mate. And she was like, oh, this, I just wanted to say, I've been feeling really bad about something from a few weeks ago. She's like, um, you know, your infamous turkey mince post. And it was like, yeah. She's like, well, I actually, it, it was like so bad. I actually left a comment about how bad it was. But she said, then I felt really guilty because I thought you might have seen it. And then that might really upset you. So then I deleted it, but it's been preying on my mind. And I just wanted to get in touch with you to tell you that I did think it was awful, but I did delete the comment. And are you okay? <laughs> I was like, I was oh. like. It's God. fine, Nigella. I said, I'm just so thrilled that you're in touch. But I said, look, it, it was basically like a war crime. It should have gone to The Hague. I mean, let's be quite... <laughs>
is so funny. What an incredible story. The, the, the queen of food and eating has to get in touch with you because they couldn't help but comment on how disgusting like your dinner looks. But the thing is, because I'm so I love proud. it, though, but what makes it so joyful, yeah, is exactly that, is that you were like, finally, I've cooked something that's balanced and nutritious <laughs> and delicious. I'm so chuffed with myself that the, the, the one time you dare try and be smug on the internet and it comes back to bite you. And I was like... Dear diary, today I made a delicious, nutritious meal. And but then because I got so shamed by it, I really dug in. So I thought, bugger them, I'm gonna finish every last it took me four <laughs> days to get through. It, and I was literally <gasps> laughing by the end of it. I was like, Oh god. So, and it actually tasted worse than it looked. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it to taste Oh, mate. Oh, I'm afraid you've really made me laugh at your misfortune. I'm sorry. Oh, God, that is good. I think it's a funny, it's a funny one where I am. Um, I love cooking, and in normal times, I um, I don't have enough time for cooking, so it feels really like it, it felt for a couple of weeks really like oh god do you know what if there's one thing I'm going to carry on after this it's taking time to plan what I'm going to cook cooking stuff you know and takes eating it slowly enjoying it sitting and talking with my son mind you those conversations are tr tricky um but you know <laughs> during these like meals and really like and now that we're like you know Obviously, for very good reasons, staring down the barrel of several more weeks of this, I'm thinking, oh, fuck off. I want a takeaway. Oh, totally. <laughs> I, don't. I am ready now. <laughs> I couldn't love cooking more. And I, I'm not the same. Like I, I love cooking. I love variety. I love, you know, and I don't mind just cooking for me or just me and my kid. I don't mind it. But now it's like, yeah, add enough. Add enough. I want someone else to make my dinner. I'm a breakfast oh, I'm, and my I'm lunch. totally, I'm totally the same. I mean, well, obviously, you know that. But I just, I don't know. I think... I think everybody just needs to give themselves like a bit of a break. I have, I have, I do mm. know some people who are just like trying to just eat, like, you know, trying to get sort of strictly organically, you know, with Ugh. the kind of, I don't know, the sort of the kale was like university educated and like, you know, everything's got to be so fancy pants. It's just like, you know what, we're actually in a huge pandemic. Just eat yeah. whatever you ever you yeah, can yeah, yeah. and i think there's people who 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 you know there's people who just like showing off and like feeling morally superior to other people and they're really they're really coming into their own at the moment so there's them but then there's also people who i think perhaps kind of went ah okay well look i really want the best possible immune system so i feel morally obliged to do that but then ultimately that psychology i think we know from the sort of universality of diet culture failure isn't sustainable. I mean, they might be able to go, right, I'm going to live off alfalfa beans and spirulina <laughs> and sort of injections of turmeric for, you know, uh, you might be able to do that for a couple of weeks, but actually in the middle of, uh, like you was exactly like you were saying, in the middle of an, um, what, what is an enormous emotional upheaval, trying to start some new health regime is probably not the wisest thing. I mean, do whatever you need to do to feel like you're, being useful to yourself and everyone but yeah i mean don't don't beat the shit out of yourself when that fails because it probably will of course it will fail like it's i think it's really i just think however we all just get through however long we don't even know how long it's going to be i mean it might be going no. on for like a much much longer you know you just have to sort of do yeah. whatever it takes but i've now had the other thing which well which i don't know if you've experienced so i <clears> know tons of people who are like i can't have any flour i'm sort of gluten intolerant and all this kind of stuff somehow 
during lockdown, everybody is obsessed with flour and baking. <laughs> So I'm like, true. how curious. I thought that you were, yeah. I thought like sort of flour was going to sort of fell you. And it's like, no, 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 no. I think something's happened to my constitution. I can really have a lot of flour in that. And like, of course, flour is like, <laughs> like I think it it's something, I, th- I think I've had Corona. I've had it like five times now. And I think it's changed my constitution. So I can really take a lot of flour in there. It's just like. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to learn a lot of big sort of global life lessons from this pandemic, including like, you know, the seas really appreciated a break. And we can hear birdsong if we empty our skies a little bit every now and again. And also, uh, gluten intolerance was a big sea of shit. And it turns out there were 20 people in the whole world with proper celiac disease who have had the piss ripped out of them by you faddy pricks. And yeah. now um, I've got this like, this like local WhatsApp group and it is like flour is like the new cocaine. It's like all these. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's going to be like flour dealers? Yes. Yeah, there will, won't there? People buying flour on the bloody dark web. Yes, I totally. And, and the other thing that people are going absolutely mad about, which I just don't understand is like, um, is it the starter yeast for sourdough bread? Yeah, it's all yeast. It's a similar deal to the to the flour, isn't it? In the sense yeah. that everybody wants to make their own bread, um, and it's fine. But it's not like a, it's not like a lot of things that it turns out most people can kind of do an okay version of. Bread's really hard to make nicely, yeah. and it's fine. Everyone make your own bread if you want, but it's likely to be a big load of shit. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's so funny that the amount of people pretending that the bread they've made is nice. I don't believe them. I don't believe no. them. Also, um, I don't know, perhaps this is London specific and so it's bad of me to say, but from talking to friends in sort of places like Leicester and Durham and Dorset as well, at least in the UK, and a few people now I've spoken to in America, um, Philadelphia and Houston, I think you can get bread again on an outing as a rule it's not you know it's not one of those things that flour is harder to get than bread so actually what we've done is we've made we put we put the cart before the horse a little bit there like guys guys listen you can just buy the bread again now you don't need (laughs) to go back to like do you know what i mean yeah you don't need to go you don't need to go back to smelting your own cutlery you dicks I think they need to have it as a feature of one of the daily press conferences where like, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. Nigella just appears at the podium and goes like, breaking news, guys. You can just buy bread and toilet paper. Yeah. You don't have to bake your own toilet paper anymore and you don't need to yeah. bake your own bread. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, God. Have you um, have you uh, bought anything? Have you sh- sort of impulse bought anything to eat that you regret or that you've been particularly proud of? Um, oh, let me have a think. I haven't. Well, I did again. I, 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 having just slagged off all these people, I did indulge in this myself. I bought a load of like lentils that I thought I was going to somehow make a dal thing because, like, I'm Indian, yeah. so that's like the law. Um, <laughs> even though. <laughs> don't even a know how to cook dal and b don't even like it but i was like oh, i must cook some like tarka dal because that sounds really cool and i was just like why did i do that so i've got a massive thing of lentils just sitting there looking at me and i'm just like i know that's not happening basically um, take that back to the lentil factory mate yeah exactly but what about you yeah. have you been indulging in anything sort of no well um i do do you know what i've been meaning to make a tarka dal for about six months <laughs> i've got some lentils lockdown. i can send you no, I've already. No, I've done worse than you. I've bought the lentils, the sort of the big yellow chunky split, whatever the Tarka lentils are. Um, like they're like 
are they the chickpeas? They're dried chickpeas. Anyway, I always get confused. Anyway, because my mum made it once and uh, it was so nice. But not only did I buy the lentils and then never use them, I bought a fucking whole slow cooker. To, <laughs> because the, Just because my the specific recipe my mum used was in a slow cooker and it's just never made it. I've just never made it. And now, and I love dal, but now I can't make that. I can't get my kids to eat it. I've tried about five or six times and it ends in the worst, <laughs> the worst rouse where he's like, what? I have to say, your, your, your wee boy does not, not from his, his, his politics, he does not sound yeah. like he's going to love Targa dal. No, his politics at the moment. Well, he's very, very fickle about eating. So he'll, what you know, the last time he was shouting at me the short list of mains that he did like. It was pizza, burger, and, um, uh, oh, what else did he say? Oh, and pasta. And it was so annoying because we were in the middle. The reason he got so angry is because he didn't like his dinner that was pasta. <laughs> Um, but there was three vegetables in it that he hated. So that's what he's livid about. He's like, I can't, I can't get around them. I can't get, I can't get all these three things I hate off. Like it's, he's chosen now, and I don't know whether it's a reaction to the situation or it would have happened anyway at this age. It's who, no one will ever know. But he's chosen now to um, really assert a bit of power and um, opinion when it comes to what he's eating and what he's wearing. So. Oh. Yeah, basically we're arguing all day and all night and he's he's dressed like a he's dressed like a nineties TV presenter a lot of the time. And um yeah, and constantly asking for puddings. That's our life. Well, uh, I mean, what, what have I have I impulse bought anything silly? Mm, I've just spent more money than I've got. I, I, I'm trying. I'm doing that thing that's totally counterproductive, but maybe not. Of going, I really don't want to go to the shop very often. Like I don't want to go to the supermarket very often. I don't want to be one of those guys that's finding an excuse to pop in every day just for something to do. I don't need to do that. So, um, and 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 I do get a veg and fruit box delivered from Oddbox. Mm, so that's cool every week. But. Um, so I've been trying not to go to, I, I've not been going to the supermarket uh, uh, apart from once a fortnight, but it meant that yesterday I went for the first time in, uh, it was actually over two weeks. I was so excited. Um, um, and psychologically, my cupboards were so bare, even though there's probably still plenty of stuff at home, really like dried stuff and that. Um, I spent four times what I planned to spend, including, and talk about this for going for just what you need, I bought a fucking jumper with a zebra on it. <laughs> And I'm not earning this. The, my, my income's dropped enormously. What am I doing? That's a breakdown, isn't it? That's brilliant. The zebra's giving a really sexy look on the jumper, so I think that's. What you it's you about. can like eat the jumper at some point. Like I, I will have to eat the jumper at some point. I'm also 400 miles away from my partner, so I'll have to probably flirt with the zebra at some point too. <laughs> you're um, gonna make out but, with the zebra. But yeah, I, I'm gonna get off of that zebra. Yeah. You're basically you're gonna have it on, off of that zebra. But I do. Yeah. I know what you mean. I also just really. I do find going. I I can't face going to like a big supermarket. I've got a big Sainsbury's yeah. near me in Camden. Right which is clinically insane at the best of times. I was going to say, that's quite a uh, it's quite a fizzy Sainsbury's anyway, isn't it, <laughs> <Fizzy>. that one? <laughs> There's it's always spicy. something going down. It's got as many security as it has uh, cashiers. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> mad. Did, uh, in fact, but also some of the, some of the um, more colourful characters, they're like famous around North London. Like there was, there was this man that used to, we used to call him the best of luck man. And he would just wander <laughs> around the, the supermarket with a, 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 a bag, Basket, just oranges, nothing else, 
just oranges, like literally. And he'd go around and he'd go to everybody, the best of luck, the best of luck, the best of luck. That's all he said. I mean, he was not unpleasant. Yeah, he, yeah. And he was spotted all around North London shouting the best of luck to, to people. So he, it's that, that, that was in peacetime. So I'm too scared to go anywhere near oh. that one. So I just no, got you- to like a, a little one up the road. But I feel like I'm not, I'm panic buying just shite like mm. I seem to I, in fact me and your son would get on really well I'm basically <laughs> people think I have loads of young kids I don't I live by myself <laughs> they think all, I'm like having a kids party like every day and it's just for me party rings and um, monster munch <laughs> yeah I just seem to have pizzas. tons of crap crisps like I love mm. really you know, it was pla- like a baked maize snack yes I know what you mean yes please that kind of thing like I'm a lot obviously monster munch um, I've um I've caught myself buying crisps that might be too intense for my son on the hope that I get a little bit more of a look in at them like, what, like discos, posh crisps really, no like discos really have you, oh. like the, I think discos are certainly like that they've got to be up there in the most intense salt and vinegar oh it's like quite tart it. isn't it oh it's really I mean like, it could burn the roof of your mouth if you if you really were if you've get the wrong like the, the right it depends whether I'm really into it but they're really really potent yeah but even their prawn cocktail are like that's really prawn cocktail-y <laughs> I know I know I mean I'm the same as like um, I love like onion rings oh, f- I love a frazzle oh yes a lovely frazzle oh I love a frazzle yeah love frazzle. Can't go oh I might have to get some frazzles next time I'm allowed out yeah, quavers are good as well. Quavers yeah. are quite like a quaver. <laughs> Have you got a favourite crisp of all time? I think probably it's a pickled onion monster munch, my favourite. Oh, it is. They are amazing. But I've done. But again, they're in quite that, in edgy. In adulthood, cause... I've moved over to having a, 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 a perhaps a preference leaning towards, and don't hate me for it, but roast beef. Oh, interesting. As a flavour of monster munch. Does that make me a absolute animal no i mean that's quite like that that's you that's a sign that you're evolving is it like you're like growing up as a human being i mean i think the zebra shape, are dying it's like, made you just grow up a bit it's fine <laughs> just trying to impress the zebra with my new uh, niche and cultish crisp raver preference just trying to make them think i'm really sort of cultured and pretentious and avant-garde hey zebby um so uh, I want to know various things, but I, let's talk about, um, you, you're often um, giving commentary on political shenanigans as part of your work. And um, I'd love to know what you think politically, uh, or how you think politically, um, we have uh, been dealing with keeping everybody eating during this crisis. And I think I'm asking it in terms of, um, in light of a sort of a, an awareness of how generous and philanthropic people are being and how vital food banks are at the moment. They already were. Um, but how sort of stretched they are and, and and whether you have any thoughts or hopes about how this is going to go in the long term, perhaps, in terms of people's sort of access to food and whether it's going to require things. Like it feels like we're even having to uh, treat the NHS as a charity at the moment, but uh, oh, perhaps with a with more of a bent on, on, oh, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, that's a big, well, long waffly. Anything no, you feel I, like saying uh, after <laughs> I just said those words. <laughs> no, I, think it's a really, I think it's a really good... Um, point because I think one of the things which is really has been very interesting about this crisis is that 
you know, it has shaken everything up and it's made everybody just stop and take a step back and just look at society, particularly the bottom end of society, the really precarious in society, who, by the way, are often doing the key jobs we need right now in society. And I think it's made us all think a bit about you know, what do you do if you're a family and you 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 don't have the sort of security nets that, that we all assumed that people did? And I think the food bank phenomenon is 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 a really interesting, a very tragic development, but an interesting development. Was it and born like, out of um was it born out of the like, two thousand and five coalition, like that big society? Was it Cameron's big society? Yeah, I that think there was a lot of, um, kind of austerity of and um right. um well, actually, that's more from about two thousand and sort of ten when there was a, right. a you know, it was a coalition government, and then Cameron won a majority in twenty fifteen. Um, mm. But there was a lot of austerity, um, and also people were still recovering from the global financial crisis. So for a lot of people, they had not seen their wages rise yet; the cost yeah. of living was going up. So they were actually seeing their wages squeezed. So Christ, for a lot yeah. of families having a really hard time and you see the use of food banks going up. And yeah. what's interesting is that like the narrative in this country for a long time has been, I think it is changing. I hope it's changing was very much, Oh, well, you know, um, if you're, if, if you're in this situation, it must be because you're feckless or you're the undeserving poor, or you're yeah. not working. But the new development was that the people that were going to these food banks and the people that were suddenly, you know, really finding themselves in a difficult position were in work. Yep. They were actually in work. In fact, some people were doing like two or three jobs, but they were getting paid so little and the cost yep. of living was so high that they're finding themselves at the food bank. Yeah. Fucking hell. And I and think that's one kind of, of yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, and I think one of the one of the groups we've been talking a lot about, rightly so, is carers and care workers. Yeah. And they have had such a hard time. Like they do such an important job. And they get well, like they were no just, money. I mean, weeks before this, uh, a month ago, pretty much exactly a month ago before we're speaking now, which is smack bang in the middle of April, um, Pretty Patel announced that carers and social workers are all low or unskilled labour. Yeah. That, that, so they wouldn't, you know, and it, she was talking about it in terms of immigration and, and Brexit, but... Uh, I mean, surely now that's not going to be stood for. Well, I really, I really, really hope that everybody in society and especially people in the government reassess what they think is is a skill. Um, mm. You know, we, you can, oh, all the CEOs, all the bosses of all the startups and all that kind of thing, we're all, you know, even us, the, the, the creative people, we're yeah. all sat at home feeling absolutely use, useless. And the people yeah. that are kind of hauling our economy and society along right now are people who have been deemed unskilled, the, the delivery drivers, the people who work in shops, the cleaners, the care assistants, all those sort of people. So you do really, you do hope that when we come through this now, mm. I am cynical because I have worked in politics for a long time. Sometimes when there is a crisis, people always go, oh, you know, when we come through it, we must think what kind of society and what kind of economy we want to have. We must be kinder yeah. and compassionate. And then you come out of it and it's like, whoa, business as usual. I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, I really hope it doesn't happen this time. Yeah. 
I couldn't agree more. And it sort of made me think of that thing that Emily Mattis was saying brilliantly a couple of probably ages ago now. My concept of time's gone out the window, but yeah, there's something so repulsive about very wealthy people and some celebrities calling this the great leveller. Oh. Because it's not the great leveller. There are people who uh, there are people who can't get anything to eat. Oh. I, I you know. know. And, and there, are there, people are people... Who not, there are people who aren't allowed out. And there are people who... Uh, there are people who have no, you know, windows. <laughs> there are people living in abusive families, whatever. But there are people now who are in those situations, probably, you know, can physically still go out for their one walk a day, but are now going to be scared that they're going to be told off for not looking like they're exercising enough. Like... It's not going perfectly. No, and it's it's absolute. It's it's such bollocks to say that you know, hey, we're all experiencing in the same way. If you've got mm. a lovely big house, or or even you know, some people have gone off to their lovely second house. Yeah, you know, which is not meant to be part of the rules. Um, and it's some people have got back gardens mm. that look like their national trust parks, and they're hanging out with their kids. But as you say, I mean, we had a we had a chat earlier, didn't we, about one of the other things about this whole lockdown situation is yes it's lots of good things about it in terms of community coming together but the sort of like gap there's a sort of like there's a kind of um housing apartheid isn't there like yeah. if you have a garden and any outside space you're so so lucky because yeah. if you if you're cooped up in a in a tiny flat with like two three kids i mean i don't know how people are are coping yeah. and the police have been a bit over the top about like I just have I think if if this lockdown is going to go on for like maybe who knows another six months we don't know you've yeah. got to let families go to the park for the day that is not going to yeah. kill anybody no uh, it's a bit somebody um I don't think I saw it but my mum was telling me that they you know that, that somebody had been somewhere arguing that we've got the sort of language of it wrong and because we're such a paternalistic society and we love forcing um health shame onto people and caring about other people's health so much i mean in terms of physical fitness i don't mean in terms of virus recovery um that, that, that this is all being couched in terms of exercise 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 chris witty loves saying it exercise 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 actually if the language of social distancing had been exactly that you must stay away from other people when you go out then we could have i think still with very clear guidance that's quite clear, isn't it? It's like, mm. if you go out, you don't go near anyone. You must not go closer than two metres to each other, whatever you're doing. Um, and you must not meet up with people. You must just, you know, that don't live in your house. That's that's so clear. But when you make it like, no, it's exercise only, then you open up this horrible, horrible world of uh, what, what you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry and every police person thinks counts as exercise. And so people are getting moved on from having a sit down on a bench. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense without any understanding of the context of their life. Say scrum diddly umptious. No. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly umptious. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Is there any particular restaurant or takeaway or like place that's closed where you would normally get food from that you're going to be the first place you run to? Oh, yeah. Done? There's like a really like brilliant Chinese that I think it's called like fat boy Chinese, which is so appropriate. Nice. So that it just sums it up. Like that, and that. Yeah, that's so good. And um, I, I can't wait to, um, to, to Do you order. always get the same thing when you go there? Yeah. What do I get? I get um, prawn crackers, obviously. Mm. I get ribs. Um, and I get like some sort of Sichuan prawn thing and some rice oh. and I just love it I absolutely lush. love it it's like just oh. lush um, so yeah. that's my kind of dream meal that I can't wait for what about you what, what are you craving oh, um, it changes every hour but in this specific moment um, I think oh what would I do what would I go where would I oh oh um, oh god I got into a whatsapp conversation with some friends yesterday about all the things we would get from Pret and that went on for quite a long time um, yeah I, don't, I can't even remember what I said somebody out like the there's like a bacon and chicken um, baguette that my friend was missing that that actually the thought of that made my mouth water but I was thinking actually those like hot pastries with cheese and tomato that you oh, like the ones with triangles on the end i love those oh that they i think they are can probably one of those i i think can take 20 to 30 percent off a normal hangover yeah i agree i totally agree that is so funny that is my go-to hangover cure is it yeah oh if it's I'm so about, yeah. good it's so good, isn't it? And there's something, there's, I don't know, yeah, Pret's, a, Pret's got a lot of good stuff because you can sort of get that and then you can get like one of those little shots of charcoal or ginger or some bullshit like that to make, yeah, to make you feel like, well, you know, and you're like, oh God, I'm just giving myself another 10 years of life. It feels like you're sort <laughs> of in your own computer game, aren't you, where you can like top your, top your number of lives up at the same time of just sort of smashing, punching them back down into the floor with a... A couple of tomato and cheese hot slice things. Oh, they're oh, so good. God. Oh, I've got a real... I'm, I'm like slavering now. Because I know, I'm like, oh, me too. God. I've made my mouth cry. Oh, my kabucha's dog. No, blah, blah. But, oh. but, you know... But, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it does make me realise as well that it's it's not the... um, It's not necessarily the really high-end things that I, that I miss. It's those yeah. kind of sort of the everyday good everyday stuff like Pret is a lifeline for people when you're out and rushing yeah. around you're super busy you just know that you can always go and get like a really nice sandwich from Pret I'll tell you something the person who's obsessed about Pret and Monty 
is Rory Stewart, the Tory MP. He used to be a Tory MP. Is he? He's like obsessed. Like we've done quite a few stories about him in the Evening Standard. Brilliant. Where he just, what, he's just... he's never not one, in Pret. He's Pret always in dinner, Pret. Pret, Pret, Pret. Because I think he got asked, like, what is your favourite pub in London? And he was like, <laughs> uh, I don't have a favourite pub, but I really like pret a <laughs> So random. And then everybody Imagine, was like... what is... <laughs> Your favourite pub in London is a Pret a Manger. <laughs> oh then, God! Then, so Maybe we were already in an apocalypse. <laughs> and then everybody was like, "Right, I'm going to really drill down." You know, sometimes politicians say stuff, and it's it's rubbish. It's not true. Like yeah. when Gordon Brown bless him was like, "What's your favourite band?" And he said, "Like the Arctic Monkeys." And yeah, Arctic I remember Foxes that. And, like, um, and yeah, he clearly right. had no idea. But, so we've. We keep asking Rory Stewart, like, what is his favourite prep stuff? And he literally knows the prep menu, like, off by heart. Like, he's, oh, he knows everything. He, like, he just, like, knows every single dish. Like, he absolutely loves it. So, for, Rory Stewart is, like, the patron saint of pret a <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I wonder whether Rory's ever been given a free coffee for looking like a lovely guy. Because they can just really dish out a free coffee every now and again if they think that if, especially if you, like, say... Hello, how, like if you if you go in with like a jolly energy, um, sometimes you get free stuff. So I wonder if Rory's ever experienced Bastard, that. That's why I've never been given one. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about eating growing up for you. Is in Scotland. So yeah. I grew up in the um, the outskirts of Scotland, a place called Coatbridge, outside uh, uh-huh. Glasgow. Um, uh-huh. And so eat food for us growing up was we were very very well um, fed, although rather depressingly you know when you look back at pictures of yourself when you were young and you were so skinny it's just like oh my god my mum would be like oh do you remember you had like a real problem eating obviously you don't have that problem now do you it's like yeah thanks very much for that but my um parents indian um they right. come from a place called assam which is like sort of northeast india it's very famous for the tea assam i was gonna tea. say embarrassingly i know it from the tea the tea and so um my mum and dad when they came over my mum is like an amazing cook and she does make the most fantastic Indian food and it's not probably like the Indian food you would have in a Indian restaurant here it's right. very like regional so it's actually much lighter but it's really mm. it's it's not like super hot but it's got very very like delicious very kind of complex flavour and Ooh, she's lovely. just this fabulous cook so we we grew up eating really well and but we had a lot of Indian food but then we would sort of mix it up and have a bit of like funny my mum's not that great at some sort of I suppose English food um like right. could never really make oven chips very well so I was always like growing up thinking like proper oven chips were like the best food in the world because my, my mum couldn't cook them properly <laughs> or like roast potatoes I like she probably like couldn't do those kind of traditional English yeah. sort of British things but um she is a really she's a good so food but food's like a huge part of like you know our culture indian culture mm. you eat it's also my parents are muslims so they didn't drink my mum didn't drink my dad didn't drink very much i've obviously made up for that massive i'm a moderate muslim <laughs> which means i'm a partial alcoholic um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know food like many immigrant uh, families food is everything food is like an emotional currency yeah you show your love with food you show you welcome mm. people into your home with food you form friendships through yes. food so yeah food is a huge part of was a huge part of us of our of our childhood and growing up oh that's lovely and i, I always find it really fascinating with this sort of cultural mergings with stuff like that like where if you 
you've brought up this, you, you know, as an adult, realise that exquisitely cooked food from a specific region of India. And then, but like, actually, as a kid, there's this bit of you that's also like, can I just have a fish finger? Or like, <laughs> can I, <laughs> that you, that you had to become the master of the oven chip. <laughs> I um I feel like oven chips kind of lost their way in the um in the kind of Ruby Tando called it a carb crisis of the last sort of fifteen twenty years which it is it's like everybody thinks carbs are terrible and they're uh, absolutely fucking not it's a load of shit so but it sort of went out the window kind of bread and oven chips and I'm I've had some oven chips in my freezer for ages I was just thinking I might do some of them tonight oh do them just to go retro but I think no matter how long you do an oven chip for it's always slightly soggy it's always slightly soggy unless you buy. The um, the like the French fries ones Ooh. that are like skinny chips, like you'd get in McDonald's, and then overcook them. Yeah, just slightly my over, chips. do them for like one extra minute. Don't totally, you don't want them to be like crisps. You don't want them to be like chipsticks, like br- dark brown chipsticks. But you do want them to be like like one minute over what they say you've got to cook them at. Totally, totally. So, and you just lose that sog. But I know exactly what you mean. It's like um, I remember once in Edinburgh, um, I uh, I was in flip flops and. Um, Walking home at the end of a, a night, probably had a few uh, beers and um, and trod. I thought I'd trodden on a slug. <gasps> and I honestly was like, oh, I was retching. I was like, oh, God. But um, it was just a big, big oven chip that had oh, been flung out of someone's gross. window. Yeah. It's much oh. less gross than a slug, mate. Oh, God, I hate slugs. I'm terrified of slugs. I cannot. I cannot. hate slugs. Me too. Oh. I'm really not into oh, them. Me too. I can't. I'm just like, ah. And Ooh, then, wow. And what about you? Like, what was your kind of like, what was your household food situation when you were like growing up? Um, it was. Uh, I was always very well fed. Um, it was very different up until I was about 11. Um, and then I moved in with just my mum. And then we, my mum is a sort of got really confident and cooked and made recipes and stuff like that. Up until that point, um, I lived with my mum and my dad, but my dad worked away and my mum worked sort of shifts as a nurse. Um, and um, my dad would cook at weekends when he was home, but never follow recipes. And it's always mad and harebrained and overcooked. And he'd drink a lot and smoke a lot while he was cooking it. So it was always sort of really late. And But it was fun. We did eat together in big sort of communal sort of... We'd had sun, su- Sunday lunches or we'd have people around for dinner. And so there was that. But I did a lot of... Um, I did a lot of cooking, like a latchkey kid, they call it in America, don't they? I did a lot of um, a lot of sort of beans on toast for myself, a lot of Finder's crispy pancakes. So it was a sort of right old mixture, really, of um, probably being really kind of middle class spoiled. I remember trying things like oyster mushrooms when I was really young and, you know, whenever or like uh, my dad would make amazing fry ups with really posh kind of posh sausages and so it was but then on the other hand like in the week I generally sort of sort of found stuff for myself and ate a lot of beige stuff so it's a right mixture but they were both as well they were both considering we were down in Dorset there was a there was an Indian takeaway and a Chinese takeaway neither were good um I now know but like (laughs) and they're both very expensive so that would be a real treat to get that but um there were no other foods from any other place but my parents were you know adventurous so as soon as you could buy like i don't know like el paso kits or like something to try your own version or i remember when a mexican restaurant opened in bournemouth called coriander i don't know if it's still there but i <laughs> loved it i got obsessed with it because i'd never had mexican food so i was like oh, what are these flavors um and now you know i live in london and i'm so spoiled um 
for for being able to get access to all these incredible cultures of food. I are, love you, it. are you? You? I think you're saying Ryan Seabridge. I'm like sort of in my forties, and you just think when 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 we were sort of growing up, I mean, food. It was like a sort of it was a culinary sort of wasteland, and then yeah. suddenly you've just got this explosion of. And this is why I kind of can't understand why people are so angry about all these immigrants coming over. It's like. <laughs> You've got no idea what happened to your food. Like your yeah. food got your your palates got saved. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah, it's true. It's it's absolutely true. Oh, I, I think people are so short sighted. Well, and, and the, the, the I mean, other the other a, hilarious thing that just happened sweeping. this week. It's not hilarious, but the fact they've had to fly loads of fruit pickers over. Yeah, from Romania or Eastern Europe. Well, otherwise, we sent back because of Brexit, and there's like no one will pick the fruit now. Yeah, but also that that was always going to happen. I mean, that's got nothing to do with the pandemic, probably, because ultimately the majority of fruit that we grow in this country is exported, especially apples and stuff like that. But then also the stuff that even if we go right, well, let's eat what we can grow here to try to save on the fact that there's so much less air traffic, and you know, to save on cargo, etc. And everybody's gone a bit more insular like that. You're like, well, there's no one to pick it. It's all going to rot. Yeah. It's absolutely bonkers, our food system. I do, I do think that's one thing where, I, uh, thankfully, I'm reading at least a lot of people saying, yes, we do need to reevaluate this. Like our, it's so different to any other time that we've ever had to um, feed a nation during a crisis because the last time was the Second World War, really. Yeah. And, and the First World War. And, and then we had rationing and we had... Um, you know, impetus for people to grow their own things. But even then, you know, there was that the rationing was brought in then as a um, because people were stockpiling. That's not a you know, that's not let's not romanticize that time either. People did that then, too. Um, and then there was a black market in stuff, yeah. which yeah. is sort of would be sort of uh, irrelevant. I don't know. You know, how would you do rationing now? Essentially, But what we've done is our well, how we've done rationing now is the queues. You make people queue and you can only put so many people in and that means there's stuff left, whatever, you know, you're possible to, and that in that way it is working. But what we hadn't realised is that we got, we'd got our lives to such a point of saturation and supply and demand that the algorithms supplying what's in a supermarket now, um, are, what goes on the shelf is expected to not be on the shelf within 48 hours. Yeah. That's incredible. Whereas the last time we had a crisis like this, uh, the population was so much smaller. We ate so much differently, whatever. That um, you know, you'd have a fortnight's worth of stuff on the shelves. Yeah. But yeah, oh, it, it's so. It's going to be really interesting to see how like this does um, impact. And also, if 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 we will maybe just think about eating a bit more um, seasonally and a bit yeah. more locally. And I mean, I was reading in a newspaper today that actually a lot of schools and hospitals are thinking about re- reducing meat um, to sort of residents yeah. and kids by like 20 to 30 percent will we eat less meat as a result of this you know i mean there could be some quite positive things that come out of it yeah totally and 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 that will tie into you know having a positive effect environmentally and and that's one of the things as well obviously that out the back of this is like at least the old planet's getting a little bit of a break in some ways mad mad stuff The sea decides it wants to move to Mars for its retirement, which sounds fine, but obviously, um, 
Pretty terrible for the old planet. Pretty terrible for us not to have any sea on here. It's a it's catastrophic um, that the sea has agreed uh, that it, it won't go anywhere uh, for at least another few million years, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, sing the whole of Les Miserables, all the parts, me, mind you, um, whilst um, never not maintaining a perfect vinyasa flow. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. You, uh, your award is to become the the um, the, the saviour of all people for all time. You've gone down in history as the woman who saved us all from a sealess planet um, <laughs> and, and, and the demise that that would entail. Um, uh, but your award in the moment is, and bearing in mind you're happy as a clam, you're so high, you've just inc- done this incredible thing. Um, it's like you're in the best happiest hungriest most joyful situation you could ever want to be in and your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams so if it was your ideal eating state that you're in psychologically physically everything i would love to know what what your favorite things to be would be to eat and drink and there has to be no consequences don't give shit about how ethical i don't care about i definitely don't care about healthy anything like that nothing has any consequences and it doesn't even have to be possible any of these answers you can make stuff up and if there's a who with and where that you'd have this feast then who with and where God, God, I'm, I'm loving. By the way, I'm so with you. I'm loving all of this. I've saved the planet. I'm like, I'm loving yeah. it. I'm loving it. King um, of the world. So, who would I have? Well, actually, let, hmm. so I think if I've got no consequences, I think I'd like quite a long feast that's drawn out over quite a long period of time. So there's many, 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 many courses and yeah. lots of sort of different food sort of brought out um, i think i'm gonna have to have some of uh this is like no particular order. so i'm gonna have to have some of my mum's curry like uh, in fact my mum will probably prepare like one course of the feast oh, uh, so there'll brilliant. be a lot of tandoori chicken there'll be mm. her amazing chicken um curry that she makes she makes amazing lamb curry there'll be really lovely like kind of pilau rice and and all that kind of there might even be some tarka dal you can come along and have some of the the nice yes. tarka dal yeah it's good so there's gonna be that then I think I'll have I love I do love Thai food so I think there'll be a, like another course mm. there'll be a lot of really nice sort of Thai food and maybe some kind of fusion food I do also love sushi oh so yummy there's gonna be like a job lot of sushi um that's gonna be done then I'm going to have a massive McDonald's order for like one round where everyone just gets to order what they want from McDonald's. Yes! Because like, I just... I love it that you've had a Mackie D's course. No one's yes. ever done that before. We're doing a Mackie And then um, I think my final course is going to be, like in between, there's all going to be like dancing and everyone's going to be having a good time. So we're not nice. just eating the whole time. Um, oh, okay. dr- dr- Booze-wise, uh, booze we're going to have like um, a lot of champagne and a lot of, I love rosé and ice. There's going to be a lot of rosé and ice. Ooh. Yeah, and sometimes we might even, we might even have a frozy where like we make like a milk like a sort of a little like uh, ice like freeze some of the rosy so have right. like frozy um, and then the final <laughs> rosy I've never heard of that <laughs> rosy oh. I know then the final course is going to be the mother and I mean the mothership of all cheese boards yeah because I just love cheese so much we're gonna have and I love really stinky cheese and really lovely soft cheese but you know my favorite cheese of all time I'm gonna have like a huge it's gonna be like a sort of monument in the center like a Taj Mahal maybe like me like a Taj Mahal made out of Borsan (gasps) amazing oh god quite a fragile Taj Mahal 
yeah, it's going to yes, be collapsed I, quite quickly. Yeah. Oh, um, I just yes. love Borsan so much, but I can just have like an epic. Imagine like, having a Taj Mahal of Borsan that you could just go up to with like, you a know, cracker. a little poppy seed biscuit, exactly, <laughs> and just scoop in, just swipe in like exactly. a bear pouring into salmon. In. Don't even need yes. like a, a knife. No, like a sort of giant grizzly bear just sort of thwacking salmon out of a river. You could be like that, but with a cracker in each hand at the oh Borsan Taj Mahal. Do you know what? I think I'll just be eating it with my hands. Yeah. Oh, would you? Great. <laughs> <laughs> God, you can tell we've been in lockdown for a while. Yeah, just get your hands in. Just get your hands in it. Yeah, I'll in, just come up to it. Of, Once you've been dog. at it with your hands for a bit, it'll be a bit even softer. I can just come at it with a straw. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Uh, so classy, honestly. I love class. it. So Mate, that sounds great. You... This feast is going to be amazing. Yeah, that is, sounds like a really brilliant feast. Um, thank you so much for doing this podcast, you smasher. Oh, thank you so much for asking me. I'm such a fan of it, so I feel very honoured to have partaken. You pop it. I'm in my time. What an extraordinary guest. Um, I've been trying to get Aisha on the podcast for ages, but she's so busy and in demand commenting on the world all the time that it's uh, it's taken me this long. So thank you so much to her for joining me. Um, you should be following everything she does. She's so brilliant. Um, it's like sort of getting the news, but in a funny way, following Aisha. So she's at Aisha Hazarika. It's A-Y-E-S-H-A-H-A-H-A. Z-A-R-I-K-A on Twitter. And um, she does uh, an article in the Evening Standard every single Wednesday evening. And you can she has her own page on there. So um, you can Google that easily. Obviously, links to all of this stuff are in the podcast notes, as ever. Um, and yeah, come and do some um, in- Instagram hoovering liquid lives with us at nine o'clock. And the next one's Wednesday the 13th with Mark Watson. They stay online then afterwards in the stories of at the hoovering pod on Instagram for 24 hours afterwards. And then they're gone forever. So be there or be a shape that's lost out on watching a great thing and listening to a great thing. Um, uh, please uh, tell every sausage you've ever met about the podcast. Rate, review and subscribe. Give it five stars. Um, and if you've got any spare money, I reckon just give it to the Trussell Trust. Give it to some food banks, mate. Follow everyone on social media. Follow Aisha. Follow at the Hoovering Pod. Follow me at Jessica Foster Q. If you want to send me something longer than a tweet, you can email me through my website, jessicafosterq.com. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.